0: As someone who is so excited to garden this spring, Yet, really wants top quality soil. I'm really excited to introduce you to Coast of Maine, which is an esteemed brand renowned for its organic soil offerings. And if you're seeking to infuse your home environment with a nourishing essence that promotes flourishing plant life, you're going to want to listen to this because, with over 28 years of expertise, Coast of Maine has meticulously crafted soils sourced from oceanic waters and farms certified for organic organic cultivation. It's so nice to find such a sustainable,
1: forgetting and remembering all over again. I forget all the time. I think one of the lines that broke my heart open in that surrender one was your fear and your tight, you know, tight shoulders and your aches in your back. It's like you, you're afraid life's forgotten about yours. Oh, yes.
2: Because we think we're creators, but we're not. We're transformers. We're always just taking whatever this moment is that has come to us and then crafting it or morphing it or or cultivating it or sculpting it into the next moment yes so so that's like a powerful understanding
0: now let the magic begin hello soul tribe That's my old introduction. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Hello and Jaima. Jaima Yomis. It's for Kel. Wow, that's so interesting. Where did that come from? You know what? I'm just going to keep rolling with it. I hope that you are having a magical full moon celebration around this time. This is going to be a surprise of an episode as there are many different golden nuggets of wisdom that I'm excited for you. To listen to so right now I am surrounded by the vortexes of Sedona wow truly basking in the energy of what she brings me Bree Melanson has been on this podcast many times my co-retreat leader her and I have had already so many synchronicities experiencing Sedona oh my gosh including yesterday we saw many ufos and of course contrary to popular belief there is a skeptical side of me and i'll question everything before i fully believe it i want to learn from truth (laughs) we spotted many ufos some of them i request i was questioning if they were satellites but there were certain. Dances in a sense they would do in the sky, or they were in a formation, and you can just also feel it. Plus, I saw Pleiades for the first time. I have seen that constellation before in the sky, but I've I never knew that was the case, and I could not stop staring at that place. It was so. Ugh. It's just it's just above Venus, guys. Find Venus, look a little above, a little to the left. And there's a collection of stars that seem to glitter in the sky. And that's the ladies. I'm sitting in the estate right now where we're going to have a retreat. Already just integrating this energy, infusing it within myself. And I'm so excited to be surrounded by goddesses. I have been pretty much sequestered on my own for the past few months. And it's exactly what my soul is craving right now. Is some goddess energy to dance with and this retreat couldn't come at a better time just to be loved to be seen and to love to see and hold space if you couldn't make this retreat but you want to at home on your own have a basically an at-home retreat with the work we do the breath work we do the psychic enhancement and conscious expansion work we do to release those silly limiting beliefs (laughs) Not silly, improper word, but those limiting beliefs. Why not head to briemellinson.com, enter the promo code MAGIC at checkout for 20% off. just wanted to throw that out there. I'm just so excited. I'm so excited I've been receiving some emails about future retreats, which, you know, after what Danielle reminded me of, don't announce anything when Mercury is in retrograde. Just not going to do it you know just just gonna allow mercury to retrograde a bit and then we'll announce it after <laughs> so you'll definitely hear from me soon i should probably get into this episode random golden nuggets of wisdom from some episodes that i randomly selected david g teal swan mastin kip sarah blondin charlie jabbly aka charlie rocket and nq which are messages that I personally wanted to remember and with that being the case I figured some of you might want to listen and remember too so this episode is for all of us (laughs) and little nuggets of wisdom just for our souls to remember and connect with so I hope that it nourishes you in some way shape or form anyway so much love for you thank you so much listening whether this is your first time second time and especially 149th time or whatever episode we're on i freaking love you and yeah i'm sending some of the sedona magic your way as you listen and now with all that being said i believe it is time to let the magic begin with many magical guests from your own magic's past. This first guest spells his name, all lowercase, which of course I'm all about. I love the lowercase aesthetic, but aside from all that, I also just love all the wisdom this man holds as he is a world-renowned meditation guide and has helped so many lives just find the gap within the space within the infinite intelligence inside he was one of the first masters to actually help me listen to that within he didn't even know it at the time but he did and his name is david g i'm curious about divine path of one why should we go and seek out this path?
2: Well, you know, if we, <clears throat> this is like the starting point for all things. It's the understanding and the acknowledgement that we're not separate from anything. So that's why when people say, you know, I'm I'm feeling so lonely and I'm feeling so insulated, um, that's all in your head. That's all in your mind. That's a choice that you've made to separate yourself. But the reality is, um, you know we are we are one, we we learned this when we started realizing that we were polluting the planet you know we suddenly realized oh you know i'm i'm dumping stuff into the ocean oh by the way i i am the ocean because i'm drinking that water and i'm 72% you know water anyway and there's you know i mean here's like an amazing concept einstein said that energy cannot be created nor destroyed it can only be changed from one form to another. So that's like a that's like a, a, a mind-blowing concept. Cause we think we're creators, but we're not. We're transformers. We're always just taking whatever this moment is that has come to us and then crafting it or morphing it or or cultivating it or sculpting it into the next moment. Yes. So, so that's like a powerful understanding. And you know he also said that there's the exact same amount of energy on this planet right now, as there was 13 billion years ago when supposedly <laughs> the solar system was even developed. So, like, just like drink that in, that's like so intense. There's even the same exact amount of water on Earth now as there was then. So we may say, well, wait, well, what about you know climate change and global warming? It's all being retransformed into something else you know, the oceans, the water levels are rising. There's, you know, it's in, the water is in plants. It's in, there were only 3 billion people a bunch of years ago. Now there's 7.6 billion people, and we're all 72% water. There's all these animals that didn't exist. So there's constant transformation and re, you know, um, repatriation of every single atom of energy, every single cell in existence, and everything is this giant transformation. One of the most ancient uh, lines or teachings, it was in this book called the Mahavakyas. Maha means master and vakya means sayings. It's about 7,000 years old. And it's aham um, brahmasmi, I am the universe. We're one with the universe. And there's this other phrase, Yatapinde tat brahmandi, which means... As is the cosmic body, so is our personal body. As is the cosmic mind, so is our personal mind. Essentially, I'm not in the universe, the universe is in me. And that is like, that's the kernel that rests at the very, very core of the divine principle of one, this divine path of one. So everyone we see is simply a reflection of us.
0: (laughs) So much is going on in my mind, for example, it's like when we die, you know, if a matter can't be created or destroyed,
2: then where do we go? Right. And so we also have to acknowledge, well, I'm not just my physical body. So yes, that dies and turns into dust and goes back into the environment and maybe- Just another cycle. Into tree or, or something. Who knows what how that gets redistributed. But what about that energy that was flowing through us? Just like this energy that's connecting us right now. Yeah, what, and it's know, going to happens-
0: be transformed and molded somewhere else. Where does it go? Does it go upstairs to my next neighbor in some way, this energy? Like: it's... Yes.
2: Exactly. And um, that's why
0: like all messages, all the, you shared this message, uh, the sacred powers, that has been a message for thousands of years, but then you you took it and you also created it. so we today, the, our modern selves, can understand it. and it's like there really is no new message.
2: Right, exactly. I'm just a translator.
0: Yeah, we're all just just, translators. That's it. it.
2: Exactly. And and some people are um, are resonate with our translations. Some people go, "Oh yes, that's exactly how I think of it." And other people say, "Like what? I have no idea what you're talking about." And and that's why we have, you know, that's why we resonate with certain people. That's why we vibe with certain people.
0: Right. But those people that don't know what you're talking about, I realize you planted a seed, and then they'll get it later, always.
2: Right, exactly. And maybe it'll take someone else's translation to spark it.
0: Yeah, yes. Oh my gosh, yes. However, they communicate it. Because we really do, we all are wearing a completely different lens of perception. And so... You, whatever language you're talking to me right now, like whatever you're saying to me personally right now, our listeners, every single person, is going to have a different perception from their different lens in some way of whatever you're saying, though a similar message is still being delivered. Right. Why? Divine path of one, though.
3: Yeah.
0: <laughs> There's something about the way Teal Swan articulates truth that resonates so deeply that it's undeniable and i just every time i listen to her i'll binge her youtube's her youtube videos on occasion and the entire time i pretty much have truth bumps i have chills so here are some words of wisdom from teal swan what is the intuition and how can we best listen to our intuitive guidance especially if we've built strong walls around our authentic selves? How do we listen?
4: Well, for me intuition is really nothing it's very natural. It's not like there's nothing supernatural about it. And this is what I wish that the people would graduate into the understanding of because we still talk about intuition like it's some magic power. When really it's a capacity that all people have just like your physical senses. All that intuition is is that at this At this other level of reality that I can sense exists, I understand my connection to all things, including time and space, meaning that I can perceive something that may potentially happen. I can perceive someone else in a room. Um, It's just information that falls outside the realms of what I can tangibly know because in the physical dimension I'm seeing it, or, or tasting it, or feeling it. So it leaves the door wide open for what that is, but it's that that web basically that connects everything that is that web that essentially um entails the idea that we are united completely it means you're getting information from all over the place all the time so like i said you you focus people have to focus an aperture into the third dimensional reality and to disallow the awareness of all the rest of it and we usually lose our intuition because we sit in front of parents who, even in their the best um, state that they can be, in the average parent teaches a child to focus on a tree and call it a tree. Right? I did this with my son. This is a tree. When I say "This is a tree," what I'm training his mind to do is to see that as separate from everything around it. So I'm teaching him to create identity in the whole world around him in terms of a thing. I'm teaching him to make it a thing. And when when I'm doing that, I'm also training his brain that it can't be anything else. That's a tree and I'm a person. That will always be a tree and I'm a person. Now, the language with which we teach children has a a huge role in the way that we see the world. For example, in the Hopi language, if you translated everything literally, there would be basically an ing on the end of everything. So it would be, I'm tealing, this is computering, that is tree-ing. And that just that mentality made it so that people understood that identity and the shape that something has taken currently is something that can be mutable. And so, this, of course, was the Native American culture that was interested in shape shifting and actively practiced it.
0: Mm, shapeshifting. what's that?
4: Like changing into animals, you know, that was their thing. Oh, so,
5: yes.
4: Yeah. So, what our mentality is what makes it so that we cease to perceive. Everything we're connected to and ultimately part of. When we start to tune back into that ultimate truth, we accept the fact that I am a part of everything and therefore, being connected to everything, I can perceive it. And so we are—we're starting to become more hypersensitive. It's almost like we tuned our instruments so down, dulled it so down that we only perceive things of a certain magnitude. Uh, obviously, because we're tuned into the physical dimension, that makes the other channels that are constantly being played less noisy. But what intuition is, is it's taking the dial on your radio station and turning it so that it's in between stations. So you're basically picking up both if you want just like a simple explanation of it.
0: And I love that we can all connect to that. But do you think the world, for example, the parents of what, 2030, it seems that the world is shifting to recognize and expand their consciousness to understand this.
4: So, <laughs>
0: oh. oh, oh, am I wrong? Tell me.
4: No, it's may God have mercy on the soul of any parent who decides to have a child nowadays, because like all of these children that I'm seeing coming in right now, like I, I'm, I'm actually just to give you guys a little bit of hope. The children that I am seeing being born on the planet today have a level of consciousness that has never before been on this planet. Like, there will be no... It's it's so great to watch, I have to be honest. Because, I mean, we are leading... Many of us who are still in resistance and in the older generations are actually leading this world straight into the trash can. But <laughs> these children who are being born now, they will not stand for it. So the, the way that we have lived before has been like... Well, it doesn't matter if you like that thing, you have to conform. It doesn't matter whether you don't want to do this, you're doing it anyway. This is not a paradigm which these children will or can accept. So we're dealing with a, a you know demographic of children and who's coming up and they're like, why does it have to be this way? And if we can't give them a good answer, they will not buy it.
0: Next, Maston Kip. I actually discovered him listening to an Oprah Super Soul Sunday, and oh, he was singing to my soul. And so I had to have him on. And I'm beyond thankful and honored that he did come on in the show. And his message, <laughs> many messages, trinkled throughout the episode, were delivered at a time I needed to hear it most. And again. This is also a beautiful time to remember this. What this golden nugget of wisdom he shares. So here is Masten Kip. Yes, and surrender to that power, which actually you wrote: um, fear and imagination equal worry. I loved, love, love that you addressed this in your book. I know sometimes I've worried about: am I doing enough? Am I creating enough? Am I eating enough, exercising enough, sharing enough? And of course, the classic egoic thought that, you know, it just likes to linger in my mind here and there, am I enough? And sometimes we all get so consumed by this worry that we end up shaking our heads at ourselves when we realize that, you know, there was really nothing to worry about in the first place, or we manifest what we focus our attention on heavily on what we worried about we end up just manifesting it so how do we shift this worried mind and these assumptions that the ego is feeding us to be at peace with uncertainty
6: totally i mean yeah so i i, I was kind of making the argument that I, I truly believe that it is our nature to imagine to be dreamers you know, um, not every second of the day we, you know don't ima- don't imagine that you're brushing your teeth, you know actually do it, please do it <laughs> <laughs> for the love of God, brush your teeth <laughs> but but you know i I do think that daydreaming uh dreaming, imagining um letting your mind wander, I think this stuff is super important to our psyche, um the same way sleep is important if we don't allow ourselves to imagine, there's gonna be repercussions. And what I think those repercussions are is when you don't allow yourself to imagine consciously um, and to visualize and to, you know, see things beyond what's there. I do think that the subconscious mind will start to imagine on its own, but it'll be imagining through a lens of fear and doubt. And when we allow ourselves to subconsciously imagine through a lens of fear that's when we start to worry about things because i I think that worry is a form of imagination it's the dark side of imagination so it's so it's i mean it sounds so simple but it's so profound is that our worries aren't real you know, worries are a mental construct, and you can tell me all day, if someone's worried, they're going to say, no, 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 I'm worried about this, this, and this, and this, and this, and they have very specific reasons, but I think that is a result of being too locked into an intellectual understanding of life and a over an overemphasis on the importance of our circumstances themselves. I mean, the truth is that life is not a breeze, and it's not supposed to be. Like, if you are watching a movie, and there's a few characters, and they just kind of skip along this, the street, and everything is fine, and, and everything is lovely. You come to the end of the movie, and it's like, that didn't take me anywhere. You know, that, that didn't leave me anywhere. Like, what was the point of watching those people skipping down the road for two hours?
1: <laughs> <laughs> what like, a
0: great film.
6: Like, every movie has points. Every, every book, you know, has points of, um, you know, distress, of challenge. And that's, that's the nature of stories. That's the nature of, of our lives. We face challenges. It's, it's unavoidable. But how seriously are we taking those challenges? I mean, if we we know that it's part of life and we, in the sense of Joseph Campbell's hero's journey, if we, you know, the darkness is the crucial part of that journey. You know, you can't emerge from into a new place. You know, if you want to, if you look at where you are now and look at where you want to be, wherever that is. Um, you can't get there you can't get from here to there without going through some kind of a trial. It's a rite of passage it's in every story throughout history so don't the point is you're gonna face challenges, but that's part of the game that's what makes life interesting. You don't have to take it so seriously like life we tend to take life very seriously because the news is so bad you know you look the way that you watch t v or you check twitter you know i deleted my facebook recently because everything on facebook was just you know like people you know arguing and and political opinions and fear and it was too much you know i think it's so important to 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 curate the reality that you let into your world
0: oh absolutely Um, i don't watch the news for that reason
6: (laughs) exactly you know you check the news and it's like you know everything. It's like it's like it's like a world war, and 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 you know here in America the political sides are so divided, and in in reality, if you look at the facts about human survival and human, you know, um, our ability to feed ourselves and our ability to live longer, based on those metrics, the world has never been better. You know, in terms of recorded history, you know, we're living, maybe it was better when we were all, um, you know, hunter gatherers living on the prairie, but now we're living longer, more people are being fed across the world than at any other time. Um, you know, it's the best of times and it's the worst of times, but don't get it confused in thinking that life is inherently a... War zone and that we are always um, struggling to survive.
5: (laughs) Exactly.
6: There there is a battle. Like we do fight every day, but it doesn't have, it's, it's a battle for our own self actualization. It's, 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 at the end of the day, it's like, it's like we're in the Olympics and we're just competing, you know, win or lose gold medal, silver medal. Like it's just a game. We can enjoy it. And we're going to face challenges, but like, what if we just treated them like um, the challenges that come along during a relay race, as opposed to life and death situations?
0: You just hit a big key word that I want to talk about in a bit, which is self-actualization. But first, I just have to ask, it's so, so, so important for people to recognize that it's their ego that loves for them to take life too seriously and too heavily and I love how your girlfriend helped you lighten this up in your life a bit, um, you wrote about. And how is living with so much seriousness, so much heaviness, more of a choice and a perception than an actual reality? How can we shift this into feeling free and light? Or actually, no, how can we let go of this and surrender?
6: Mm. yeah. Great question. I think that the reason the ego, so the ego is, you know, it's so hard to understand, but the ego is really a, um, it's a certain aspect of the human mind, right? And there's, there's a lot of interpretations of the ego, but the ego, as I describe it, you know, it is the kind of active, alert, reactionary part of the mind. Maybe you could call it the, the lizard brain. And It's there to alert you. It's there to kind of keep you hyper alert and reactive and, you know, kind of defensive. And the reason it is so loud, because if you're not defensive and reactive to what's happening around you, the ego loses its power. So it's, you know, it's fighting for its own survival. And that's hard to let go of because it's so loud. It's so like, this is happening. This is, you should be worried about this. You should be reacting to this. And if we don't know better, if we don't know that's our ego, we're going to think like, oh crap, you know, I should be worried. So what I, one of my favorite lines from the book and one of the things that I say all the time is that don't believe everything you think, you know, We are not our thoughts. That's the first thing. We are not our thoughts. Um, I compare it to the ocean. Our thoughts are the waves on the ocean surface. So imagine there's a storm on the ocean and our thoughts are the waves. They're pushing and pulling and crashing. And it's easy for us to identify ourselves with those waves and identify ourselves with our thoughts. And the truth is, we are not the waves of the ocean surface. We are the full ocean in its depth. So it's about identifying ourselves as being the depth of the ocean instead of the waves crashing on the surface. And that is the lesson that I have found in meditation and yoga is to separate ourselves from identifying with our thoughts. Now we, I think it's a mistake to try to make your thoughts go away or to make your ego go away because what we resist will persist. If we try to push away our ego, we try to like get our thoughts away, you know, in a reactionary way, they're going to remain and they might even become stronger. So it's it's not as serious as that. It's just, oh, I see. My mind is afraid right now. Like, that's interesting. My mind is afraid. That doesn't mean that I'm in danger or that I, my soul is afraid. It's just my mind. It's like, okay, I'm going to let you be afraid. But I know that that's not me. I know that what I think is not who I am, what I think is not representative of what I, what reality really is it's just a thought. And the more we practice meditation, the more we practice a breath work, the, the easier it becomes to be observers of our own thoughts and worries instead of automatically grabbing them and identifying with them.
0: All right, Yomis. So a quick interruption to talk about a sponsor who has been here since day one. So some of you may be very familiar, but I encourage you to continue to listen to this short little ad as you may or may not know the power of Hum Nutrition and everything that they provide. I've been receiving lots of messages of how Hum has helped them in some way. A lot of people, it seems like myself, love their gut instinct. It's like... uh, It is a powerful probiotic. It actually has 10 strain probiotics, 25 billion organisms, and each bottle has 30 vegan capsules for you, so you get your 30-day supply. And it really has helped my gut fight a lot of different issues, especially somebody that does eat a lot of fiber, I realized that um, that did have an impact on my gut in some way. So it's nice to have the proper digestive enzymes and probiotics in there to allow myself to run a little more smoothly, if you know what I'm saying. And then also for those of us who are turning 30 soon or over 30, you know, age just kind of becomes a thing. It's part of this human experience. Well, I also recommend their turning back time, as it's just a natural way to provide ourselves with the age-defying skin cell protection supplements that they provide, such as turmeric and phytopolyphenols for antioxidants and polypodium leukotomos as a UV guard. I still don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm going with it. <laughs> so, 20% off for the Soul Tribe. Still an offer for you when you go to humnutrition.com and enter the promo code MAGIC. And there's still just so much more. I highly recommend that you get a free nutrition report from one of their nutritionists to find the perfect supplement for you. They find the highest quality ingredients to help a variety of common health issues such as tummy problems or helping our skin glow our nails grow for energy speeding up that metabolism or maybe those who want a natural sleep formula i mean hum they've got you covered with their gluten-free non-gmo products and most of them are vegan so there you go (laughs) go to humnutrition.com and enter the promo code magic for 20 percent off your order that's humnutrition.com promo code magic Oh, this next guest. She brings music to my soul through her poetic meditations. In fact, they have healed me through so much. I feel like it is not a surprise when you listen to what she shares, you may cry. <laughs> I was going through something back in 2018 when I discovered her. Listen to just one of her Poetry, meditations, that in and of itself, the words in and of itself were healing, so healing. So here is the beautiful Sarah Blondin. I've been open about my self-love and my journey with it, and I honestly think that loving myself has been one of my greatest lessons in life. It's Mm. one of my greatest peaks and valleys indeed to this day, like Mm -hmm. true self-love. Of course, I love the person that I am, the personalities at times, you know, yada, yada. But I mean, the true self-love that, you know, not the love that others perceive you as or Mm -hmm. this narrative like we were talking about earlier that people have created you as, but really like my Mm -hmm. own love for me, which comes in waves in different seasons in life. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, what does self-love mean to you and learning to love yourself? What does that look like? What does that mean to you?
1: Oh, self-love has been really, uh, like not even something I thought about. Um, and I don't think we're really taught to think about it. Um, and I think I was about 32 when I actually said the words, I love you, Sarah, <laughs> to myself. That's, like, so old, to 32, to say that to yourself. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm my kids are two and four, and every night I'm like, take a deep breath, say I love you, Hugo, I love you, Leo, say it to your hearts. Because mm. um, that is so bizarre that that is not taught. I know. Um, yeah, right? Like,
0: Yeah, what? there should be a self-love class in
1: school. There should be. It should be in all school, like yeah. self-love. It's, like, uh-huh. from there, everything yeah. gets easier. From there, everything makes sense. From there, all of your lists get less and you don't enter shitty contracts with people Ooh, uh, wow. <laughs> that was it's great. like well it's true yeah. it's like oh man you have that full storehouse and you're not you know you're not picking up people that help and fill those and anyway, so that was a huge thing for me um again children birthed that realization um, that I had a self to care for. I think before I had kids, I was largely very complacent to my life. I was very, you know, one foot in, one foot out. I was like kind of doing spiritual practice. I was meditating sometimes. I was really like, whatever, I don't really care. And and then when you have a kid, all your time gets taken away and your life essentially becomes obsolete, 2nd um, it becomes second to this other child. So then, you know, like if you, if you start fasting, you fast for four days and then you go to put food in your mouth, all of a sudden you're really aware of what food you're putting in your mouth and your body. Yeah. It was like that with kids. It was like all of a sudden I became a self and I was like, holy shit, I have to care for this self. I have to love this self and I have to raise this self like I would a newborn babe. And um, how are you going to do that? And again, it's such a personal and unique practices. For me, it was writing. For me, it was nature. For me, it's singing, dance. Um, but I think it's all kind of the same vein. But I developed practices, and um, devotional practices. So self-care became my life dependent on it after that. So now I'm always, yeah, what are they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a bath every day. Wow. I have a bath, um, and I write most days, and I always go outside for at least half an hour. I think anything less than half an hour, you are not changing the chemistry in your brain. And I I meditate every single day now, but that's only been about a year of uh, regimented meditation. And I started recently praying. Um, and I was praying, um, three times a day. Um, so I was praying and that's when I was going through my kind of mental break this last year. I started praying, um, throughout the day and what that was really doing for me was waking me up to, um, my needs and it actually ended up just turning into gratitude. It was like, oh, thanks for this. Thanks for this. Thanks for this. So those are the practices that helped me remember to feel and to care. About my life and myself, because we definitely forget that.
0: Wow. <laughs> it's so amazing, too, because you wrote all of the, most of the meditations that are out there years ago, right? In yeah, your journal. Yeah, totally. And yeah. now you're coming. Well, I mean, you've been in these practices, but you are showing up, like you said, and you're making, mm-hmm. you're strengthening those muscles.
1: Yeah, and it's non negotiable now. Yeah, it's kind of like it just becomes a new way as soon as you start tasting your own self-love, like, as soon as you start tasting that, as soon as that starts waking up in you, it's like, mm-hmm. it's totally, you're never going to go back to not.
0: Uh, you can. For a little
1: bit? <laughs> maybe okay. just a little bit. For a bit. little
0: bit. It's, well, <laughs> I think I genuinely realized something, that the yeah, love. of,
5: yeah.
0: yeah, there were definitely times where I just really felt so much love, but I was also... Pleased with how I was connected with myself. Everything felt yeah, like- right, right. Everything was
1: working. Yes, was working. Yeah, yeah.
0: Practicing self love practices that I learned from Louise Hay and uh, Marin Williamson, mm. and then
5: yeah.
0: something happened. And mm. I wish I could, you know, pinpoint the exact time mm. it happened, but something happened, and it's a now about having compassion and mm. remembering those practices again and remembering myself and my love again and being okay with the fact that this Mm -hmm. is a valley for a moment
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and who knows what that's going to reveal right yeah and I find sometimes it's like we forget that even though we can't see in the dark and we don't know what the shit's going on and we want nothing more than to get out of it I've noticed that pain literally like burrows so deep, and steals all the crumbs of goodness from your eyes. And, and then all of a sudden it leaves, but it's somehow carved a bigger capacity to love and usually to love the self, as long as you have some sort of yeah, devotional practice, I think, where you're actually channeling or you're choosing, you're voting for and you're, you're
0: choosing. Those words you're today, choosing. I was like, oh, yes, yeah. voting, choosing. It's going to be my mm. motif for the rest of. Time. What are you voting
4: for? are
7: <laughs>
0: yeah. voting for? And it I say, like, right say him, I choose
7: you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. And of course, it's going to change forever. You're going to stumble punch it and. It's always going to change
0: and those moments where we don't feel like we're enough for whatever reason our mind creates mm. or mm. whatever narrative we think others perceive us as so we cloak ourselves or hold ourselves back or we compare mm. ourselves to others feeling less than them or just not enough in some way
7: today on the Awake, it's time to remember now your worth be receive give thanks be receive give thanks Be. Receive. Give. Thanks. This I heard while sitting and watching the sun and shadow dance over the leaf of a tree. It is by doing these three simple things that you are loving the world. It's time to remember now that you, my dear one, were born worthy. I know you have been taught to search for this worth, taught to find ways to prove your value, find ways to be so that you are given. But dearest love, this was an accident. A teaching that was instilled in us by those lost to their beauty and given worth as well. Blind to the beauty of their beingness. If you were to stop all searching, all working to uncover and gain that which you already are, how would your life be different?
1: You know what I always think about? Mm. I always think about lying in my deathbed when I get to those places. And I think about how, can you picture yourself on your deathbed? Oh, yeah. And how, like, nothing's going to matter. And all of that is literally just going to be some in a vacuum of who gives a fuck. (laughs) And I sometimes do that. I'm like, ah, just let go. One day you're going to let go of all of this. Like, it's going to mean absolutely nothing. So in those moments where you're really stuck in that, can you access the part of you that like isn't holding on to this at all and can't hold on to this? And, you know, it's like, what's the bigger self you're going to meet on your deathbed? And how is she going to hold this? And I had that experience in breath work, too, where I really felt my soul, my soul not as the scared little girl Sarah soul as Sarah's soul. And I saw her and she was so bad ass. Oh. <laughs> and she was just like, babe, you're living in the little girl most of the time. OK, here I am. This is what your potential is. Uh, but it's like kind of like that. Like oh, it's yeah. like yeah, all this shit's going to go on, and yeah, I'm going to feel unworthy, and yeah, I'm going to compare, and yeah, I'm going to judge, and yeah, I'm going to fall, and I'm going to scratch, but like, one day, I'm going to get to that. Who cares? (laughs) So how can I be? Who cares right now? You know, just like unlatch a little bit. Happens to all of us, though.
0: I love that you say this, I and I've seen her as well in my moments where I am Mm -hmm. just being present Mm -hmm. within and silent and probably meditating or just in a daydream yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I see it I see her I feel her and she is within me now mm-hmm. but then there are moments where I do feel like that little
1: girl mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and those are opportunities again opportunities yeah. they're handing you it's like this was barricaded this is still there this is still here this is still here and then you vote again <laughs> And then you vote. You sit on your cushion and you shut your mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you, ooh, yeah.
1: And
0: you surrender, yeah, which is chapter
1: one. five. Oh, surrender.
0: And just one question as well. Okay. You know, because life is just—it's—it's it's hard. It's hard enough, and we have those moments mm-hmm. where we are holding on so tight to mm, whatever mm, our mm. identity might be or whatever the situation might be or whatever, or whoever that person is that you think that you want them to be. And
1: mm, mm-hmm.
0: we just got to let go. And you have that mm. meditation that, I mean, there's so much depth to it that gives me tears every, it never fails to give me tears every single time mm. I listen to it. And I'm curious, Mm. in this state you're in now, how do you surrender?
1: It's like forgetting and remembering all over again. I forget all the time. I think one of the lines that broke my heart open in that surrender one was your fear and your tight tight shoulders and your aches in your back. It's like you're afraid life's forgotten about you or something. Oh, yes and I wrote that and I was like like weeping <laughs> so uncontrollably I was like yes I have forgotten that everyone's forgotten about me um <laughs> it's really I don't know how to surrender most of the time I wrote that when I was really going through trouble resisting my new motherhood um experience so for me I can understand it but I don't know how to do it to be totally honest um but the best thing i can suggest is like some sort of like sound healing um where you put on something on inside timer and you just lay down with your my arms wide open in surrender um and you let your mind go mushy for half a half an hour and then you kind of just let yourself go go
7: <laughs> yeah let yourself go yeah
1: but then you're going to wake up and you're going to go right back on your phone you're going to check your email and blah 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 But again, showing up and boating, when you're feeling like yourself, you're holding on, I I usually just immediately go to do something like that. Like I'll lay with my legs up and my arms out. Yes.
0: Oh, this next episode is with someone who really came at a synchronistic time as we were going through something so similar as we were exploring true self-love and continue to do so and just embrace wherever we're at physically and mentally and emotionally and find power in that and wow he was such a mirror for me in so many ways and so this was a really profound episode for myself and then when I released it it turned out to be such a powerful episode for so many others as well so if you haven't listened to this episode already, I highly, highly recommend it. This is with Charlie Jabbly, aka Charlie Rocket. Just to set up the scene for you, we started this, pot, this episode when the sun was setting, and then it was a super full moon, and the moon just seemed so close, and the stars were also out and about, and we were just on his porch in a booth, so you'll hear... The song of a boot in the background. It was a magical moment indeed. I'm truly so grateful for this guy. And here is Charlie Rocket.
8: Young Charlie would read lots of books and seek information from experts, which is great.
0: Yeah, same with Young Raquel.
8: And when I got a little bit older, aka like two years ago, like <laughs> and I started I started seeking <laughs> last my, week. <laughs> 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 Technically, this is a little bit older. Um, I started seeking information from a different source. And we were talking about... Um, we were talking about, like, Jesus, for example. And so I asked myself a question. I said, who's the most influential person in the world? And why? And it's just a basic question. Like, we live in a world of influencers... And like, you know, uh, Donald Trump, Kim Kardashian, Kanye West, you know, model this sports athlete, that influential people. But then I thought like, okay, who's the most influential man in the history of the world? And I thought about like, maybe it's maybe it's Jesus. So I did a Google search, like what's the biggest religion in the world? And Christianity has more followers than any of the other uh, religions. And I was like, okay, now I know it's Jesus. So then I thought about it. I was like, wow, the man was so influential that other religions even use his birthday for time. (laughs)
0: To mark time. Like we're in
8: a Hindu nation right now, surrounded by Muslim nations, and they use 2019 as the date. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. Like, that's how influential he is. So then I asked myself, why was he so influential? These are, like, just simple questions. And I noticed, like, he walked with the people. He was a carpenter. He was poor. He was the people. He, He didn't come up on a horse like Game of Thrones, like, I'm the savior, (laughs) follow me. Like, yeah, he would have had more than 12 followers. Like he wasn't even very popular. (laughs) Like he had 12 followers. But that man changed the world and still to this day is an upside down triangle. Like he's long gone and that triangle is still growing. People are still being saved, just like the guy who started veganism. So it's like, We were talking about speakers, Mm -hmm. like uh, motivational speakers. Um, And I I asked you, I said, who are the best speakers in the world? Mm -hmm. Because I wanted to learn how to be a good speaker. Like I'm studying my craft.
0: Yeah, this is one of your questions. Who are the best speakers in the world?
8: Exactly. So
0: simple, but at the same time, that's who you should look at instead of one
8: person. Mm -hmm. And I thought about it like... Okay, most people would like their brain would go to like a Tony Robbins or like a
0: that's where my you know, mind, yeah
8: you, like there's good motivational speakers. Yeah. But the term speaker doesn't have to mean motivational speaker, and I thought about it. Speaking. Somebody standing saying words. Comedians are speakers. And they can sell out stadiums and have people sitting there for three hours on the edge of their seat holding on to every word like comedians might be the best speakers in the world. So if I'm learning how to speak, why am I studying Tony Robbins? He can't sell out, you know, a stadium of 50,000 people like Kevin Hart can. Like, let me study Gabriel Iglesias. Let me study Kevin Hart because they know how to tell stories better than anybody. Oh, do I want to learn how to tell stories? Why would I read a book? Why not watch a Walt Disney film and, like, study how he tells stories? The best
0: stories in the world.
8: In the world. Like, let's watch Lion that King. That resonates
0: with any age group. That yes. resonates with just human beings.
8: Yes. So these are, like, the simple questions I asked myself. Remember earlier in the interview I said... If you are what you eat, what am I eating? Is what I'm eating dead or alive? I have a brain tumor. I'm 300 pounds. I'm dying. I am what I eat. It's like these simple questions, yeah. and that's what I would love everybody listening to to try to do. Like start like observing from what makes sense, not just taking what people tell you, mm. because in no innovation comes from like, the last war strategy. Mm -hmm. Like, war strategies change. Like, if you're trying to fight the current war with the old war strategy, you're going to lose. Like, imagine Mm -hmm. me and you are going to war. You're a country and I'm a country. And we met in a field. And we point guns at each other, like the Civil War. People would be like, it's 2019. They don't do that no more. (laughs) Like, hide behind a bush. But, like, back in the day, they wouldn't even hide behind. They would literally look at each other. You're standing right there. I'm standing right here. We're going to point a gun at each other. Like, like that's the old war strategy. Like, this is a new day. And somebody said, well, what makes sense? Hide behind a tree. <laughs> a genius move. Like, super genius. Like, somebody actually decided to hide behind a tree one day. And then that... Develop the next yep. war strategy. So in our businesses, and our lives, we can't be taking what somebody before us always said. There is stuff we could learn from them. But also, like, ask yourself, what makes sense? Hide behind a tree. Hide behind a tree.
0: <laughs> another Another great speaker, which is not really speaking, but they are communicating words that could sell out 50,000 seats. Musicians, mm. music, music just—it's—it it mm-hmm. tells a story. But even just the melody, it's interesting how just sound and vibration mm-hmm. give us that feeling mm-hmm. that we needed to feel. Just that simple sound and vibration—that's why people stand there for the live music, simply for that. Yeah, the person could be a great singer, but what are they really there for? Mm-hmm.
8: Absolutely, that feeling. Music takes yeah. you somewhere. Music can take you to. Like, in your mind, you could be in your car. Music can take you back to high school. Music can Mm -hmm. take you to a party. Music can take you to, you know, a a state of memory. Mm -hmm. You know, music is a song. It's like a USB thumb drive full Mm -hmm. of memories. Like, I can name a song or name a year, like 2007. And you could pull up a memory bank of songs.
0: Yeah.
8: Like.
0: I'm actually not good with the years, but. The times so maybe like give me a range 2006 2008 mm-hmm. <laughs> but I keep going
8: yeah and it's um, the reason why music is so powerful because of the simplicity of it like like a song can get a billion plays on YouTube. A TED Talk can get like 10 million like someone's preaching.
6: it's, it's like simplicity
8: <laughs> is, is is powerful you know four minutes. Yeah. Can be more powerful than, you know, an hour. You know, it's just four minutes. It's a few notes. It's a melody. You don't even have to use that many words. Yeah. Like, I think of like Ed Sheeran's biggest song. Like, it was like the most simplest song ever. There were like nine notes in the whole song. Is it I'm perfect? in love with the shape of you. Oh, shape of you. It's just the yeah. simplest song ever. Yeah. But that's what works. Yeah. So, like, simplicity is ten commandments it's like a four minute song like it's the ten commandments yeah for the church yeah like that's simple like veganism has like three rules <laughs> yeah. like it's really simple keep it simple
0: finally this is an episode i actually was not present for Allie, my former co-host and also the co-creator of this podcast, Allie Michelle. This was an interview she did with NQ and I remember listening to it and so many things he said just hit home, especially as a poet myself. He's a spoken word poet and his rhythm, his his melody with words is so moving and just awakens the soul so i had to put this on plus he's coming on in an upcoming episode which i am so excited to do and actually connect with him in person so this is in queue
3: you know my friend said this to me the other day follow the path and the path will lead the way
5: hmm.
3: i really really like that I'm sure he got it from somewhere else, too. Um, But, you know, what that means is if you want to create magic in your life, look around at the things that inspire you that are magic, you know. Um, Or even my same friend, he said something about that there's a difference between um, passion and curiosity. Hmm. Just be curious. You know, just be curious in the world. Um, because I think that if you follow your curiosity, you're following the path. Mm-hmm. And the path will show you where it wants you to go. Um, and there will definitely be magic on the path.
5: Yeah. that actually reminds me of that talk by Elizabeth Gilbert. Your curiosity will lead you to your passion. Mm, there you so go. I love that. Yeah. Everything circulates. Um, So this poem is amazing. I mean, it's huge. It's got like 2 million views on YouTube. And um, first, I'd like to know like more of the story behind you writing it and what it means for you. And then if you could perform it for our audience.
3: Yeah. So um, I used to live in a little back house. And um, there was a woman um, named Dolores who moved in. She uh, was the mother of um, the woman who owned the house. And we shared a kitchen together. She was in her 80s, really, really awesome woman, and her and I became friends. And uh, and one night, it was 3 in the morning, and she was uh, getting taken away on a stretcher. There was an ambulance outside. She was still alive, but she was having major health complications. And um, I went and I visited her in the hospital, and she had tubes in and out of her system. She had a really high fever. She didn't recognize me, and I sat with her for like an hour. And... I basically said my goodbyes to her. I thought that this was her time. And I didn't want her to suffer anymore. But she was not done fighting and she got better and they moved her to a retirement community. And I went and I visited her in a retirement community, like, I don't know, a month and a half later. And um, I remember she was so cute. She had a hood on, you know? (laughs) She looked like we were about to get into a hip-hop cypher. <laughs> and uh, she was, like, in a good mood. And I was like, you know, what's, what's going on? Like, how are you? You know, and she's like, great. She's like, I met a guy. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, I met a guy here, you know. And <laughs> we're, like, starting to see each other. It's basically what she said, you know. And I thought that was really, really awesome. And then I forgot about that. I completely forgot about it. I was inspired by it, but it didn't stick in my brain. And um, a couple of months later, I was writing a poem about time. And uh, I was halfway through this poem about time. And I was saying, uh, I don't know what the line is, like pretty soon. It's like getting out of bed will be like doing an Olympic sport. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like broke hip dancing, you know, joint pop locking we only hear the tick tocking when we stop talking. And that's not very often. It's common from the cradle to the coffin that we run our mouths like marathon jogging. And then I said, I want to fall in love when I'm 85. And then I was like, that's a different poem. You know, so then I just took that out and I put it somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And then I finished the time poem. And then I wrote, like, you know, a couple of days later I went back to the 85 poem and I just wrote it all and I wrote it very quickly actually I wrote it in like probably two hours or something like that wow and then it was done
5: maybe it was channeled
3: yeah I don't know it was was definitely it's rare that I get emotional in my poems at all so um but at the end of this one I, I actually did so I was like okay that's That's something.
5: Yeah. The first time I heard it actually um, was on another podcast and my sister and I were making dinner Mm. and we heard it and both of us just kind of sank to the floor and started crying. It was so beautiful. Thanks. Yeah. So I think it tends to hit people really emotionally. Yeah.
3: All right. Well, I should probably do it then. You should probably (laughs) do
5: it. Now there's so much buildup. Are you ready? I
3: don't know. (laughs) I want to fall in love at 85. Oh, let me say one more thing. Yeah. I realized then afterwards that it was inspired by Dolores. Because even though I didn't remember it, that's the full circle. Is, is that, is, you know, that any moment could bring you anything, even love. Mm. You know, and that life is not over, ever. There's always hope. There's always possibility.
5: That's another bumper sticker. Truth bomb right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right.
3: I want to fall in love at 85, go on shuffleboard dates, and dance to hip hop from 95. We would also listen to the song Staying Alive, but only for the message. Otherwise, we'd keep away from disco. It's depressing. We'd rock matching tracksuits and rope gold chains. We'd look like run MC but in their old age. We'd take aerobics classes and wear bifocal glasses and eat at IHOP and hold hands at Sunday Masses. And when it comes to the bedroom, well, nothing much would happen in the bedroom because we're 85. But we would still be down to take a walk or take a drive or sit and talk or have a drink and watch the passers by and ask each other why and how and who and where and when. And then we'd laugh and cry again about the people we had been. And I would touch her withered skin and comment on how thin it is to keep in something infinite. And she would smile sweet and blush then tell me that I think too much. She's right. I think too much. It's always been a problem. But then again, that's how I made my green like the goblin. When I was in my 20s, I was eating top ramen, counting up my pennies, saving up to go food shopping. But now I'm 85, and somehow I feel more alive. I turn my hearing aid up and bump Jurassic 5. I read the sports page while she peruses classifies. We like antique stores, garage sales, and barter buys. And when it comes to the bedroom, well, hopefully, every once in a while she lets me knock her boots into the floral patterns of our bedpost, then hold her head close like death isn't chasing us, planning on erasing us and replacing us with better versions of us, reshaping us, remaking us, then recreating us with new identities so we can make new memories. Hush, little baby. Learn to walk and talk and think and lie and feel and fight and fuck and die and never get the answers why. She dips a joint of grass and wheat grass and we get high. Her hair is silver as the moon in the LA sky. We still pop hills, but it's not the Xanax anymore. Whenever we can't sleep, we listen to the ocean floor. She got a sound of the CCD for me from the Brookstone store. And ever since, I've been snoring like a, like a, like a really good metaphor for snoring. (laughs) Sorry, I go blank sometimes. What? I'm 85. Not complaining. I'm just happy that I'm still alive and happy that I have my better half by my side. Superfly. She doesn't look a day over 65. When I first saw her. I was totally in awe. She was classical. So I was like, yo, yo, ma. And that was all it took. A single look and I was shook. I fell for her like some loose shingles from our Spanish roof. And I'm a lover till she loses every last root and has to glue dentures to her gums to chew solid food. Oh, now that's real love, dude. That's some push comes to shove, love. Not when it's convenient, love. Hospital bed, love. Feed her ice chips, love. Never leave the room, love. Sleeping in the chair, love. Pray to up above, love. Have to pull the plug, love. Miss her in my bones, love. Everything about her love. Die within a month, love. Can't live without her love. Love, the only reason that we are alive and none of us should have to wait until we're 85.
0: Dear Yomis, thank you so much, so, so much for lending your ear and taking time, valuable time for your soul to listen to this episode today. I am honored to provide this for you and I hope something in this spoke to you and shifted you in some way. I would love to personally connect with your soul on, well, of course, IRL. (laughs) But also on the Instagrams or the Facebooks, my Instagram, which I am finally active on is at Raquel Mantra. That is spelled R-A-Q-U-E-L-L-E Mantra. I'll put that in the show notes. I make sure to not only see and respond to all the comments, but also send love back to you because why not? And then for you to also connect with me and this powerful tribe of like-minded individuals, high-vibing individuals, too, to raise your vibrations. Feel free to join us in the Your Own Magic secret Facebook group. That will also be left in the show notes. And feel free to browse your I have some free guided meditations on there and more information about upcoming retreats and events. And of course, my offering, my service, is the Soul Tribe exclusive site, which is $44.44 USD. This is for life for you to receive many meditations. And the most recent one was to help you reprogram your subconscious mind to see your highest potential in a hypnotic state. For example, like reprogramming your subconscious mind to see your highest potential while you're in a hypnotic state, along with others like activating your third eye or short, simple ones to ease you into your morning or alleviate anxiety and a lot of deep imaginings, which I love to do personally is to just visualize and expand my imagination so I can be more creative in my day. In addition to that, other soul expanding journalings to ask yourself every morning and magic challenges and other spiritual rituals, yada yada. (laughs) Anyway, I love you all so much. Thank you so much for listening and have a magical day.